Blabberjaw. We'll just Blabberjaw. And Ryan, we... Blabberjaw ready to go. We have got San Diego Comic-Con 2017 uh, ended this week. We wanted to get a show out to everybody, uh, you know, kind of recapping some of the... The big things of it, we're going to bypass this week, guys, uh, some of the banter and the light talk. I got to say, though, I appreciate the Twitter uh, feed, you know, this week saying, hey, I enjoyed the vinyl talk almost more than the comic book talk. Me too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's cool. But we're going to we're going to sacrifice. Well, a that's just bit. part of what we, you know, I mean, that's just like part of our lives and in, in everything. It's not yeah. exactly like we get in here and we, I mean, we, you know. Not to go all meta with like talking about the show on the show, but it's just kind of it's us. Talking, <laughs> yes. So yeah. And it's not I mean, it's the, we know we have an idea of what we're going to say during the, the whole thing. But I don't know, man. It's like, just not all off the cuff stuff. Right. Yeah. So let's not be let's not be meta with our show anymore. <laughs> no. Talk about the show on the show. <laughs> no. But uh, dude, we're we're gonna jump in for for some time sake this week because we wanted to get you guys a show, uh, and and we we wanted to be a little bit more concise, and then we'll follow it up with you know more of an expanded one here in a few days. So we're just going to jump right in, guys. We know that you've all been super excited about Comic-Con as we have. But Ryan, before we start talking about all the awesome trailers and dissecting all that stuff, uh, we want to talk a little box office uh, receipts. And very excited over what we saw uh, this past weekend um, in that Wonder Woman uh, is now domestically the number two grossing film domestically now this is for the u.s right uh at 389 million dollars man you got to give credit where credit is due that's that movie was so fresh so clean people responded to it so positively and rewarded it with just a great box office run i mean it's just been really cool to see and you know we don't like to pit one brand of movie over the other you guys all know that ryan and i kind of scratch our heads over what we think is kind of the insane success of guardians volume two we don't really understand how that movie had such a blistering opening weekend and you know darn near managed to make a billion dollars worldwide we don't really understand how that happened well good you know good for it at the same time it is good for comic book movies that is for sure yeah like and we talked about I you know we uh kind of sh- we were kind of jabbing uh, jabber john earlier and that's the thing about some of these movies and and I've talked to a friend of mine we actually got to see um Spider-Man Homecoming again the uh, last weekend got to bring a friend of mine to Alamo Draft House for the very first time he had never gone he's been living here for a couple of years and he's like man I've just never been you know so while his wife and kids were out of town, I said, "Well, let's go. You know, let's go. Let's go. Let's go back to the Alamo and check it out." And of course, it's awesome. But you know, that's no surprise. But um, I tell you that the success of that we're seeing from Guardians, I tell you, man, that's it's. While I didn't, you and I both, like, we didn't really think it was like this whole, you know, the slam dunk of the summer, um, at least for a movie wise it's making money it's it's putting i know it's kind of tough but it's just like it's putting money in the comic book machine uh to where we get we're going to continue to get more of these films more of these movies it's just going to feed our crowds and i tell you i love the fact that well right as it stands right now john though that the so domestic gross wonder woman is the number one movie of the superhero movies in the summer 
yes. for domestic because there is but not the number one nine. Yeah, but not the number one movie overall. Beauty and the Beast reigns pretty much supreme on, oh, on yeah. that one. I think let's see. We both have it but pulled I think up here. There are a couple of movies with two with two female lead movies. Uh, yeah, right? our summer. <laughs> like, yeah, right. One's a superhero. One's a, a Disney story. Like. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm encouraged. It's a summer of 2017 is light and fluffy at this point. Well, really you know, nice. hey, I, you know, I saw Beauty and the Beast in the theater, and th- that's yeah. a really great movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a great time seeing it. So, you know, uh, judge my manhood as you will, reasonableness. Beauty and the Beast <laughs> was a great live action movie. That being said, you know, for Wonder Woman to make, you know, such a, a huge domestic hall and and worldwide because i really like to focus more on the worldwide numbers because movies these days they are a worldwide economy now you you just can't dance around it uh wonder woman currently sits at number four worldwide gross check this out ryan this is unreal 780.3 million dollars that is fantastic Makes my heart so warm. It does. Such a, you it, know, it does. on this warm summer night, it, it just, makes my heart nice and toasty. It makes it even warmer, and <laughs> you know, it it just uh, it, to me, it says a couple of things. Number one, there is an incredible market for well-told comic book movies with a strong female-led character. It is there. It, it can be done, and DC proved it with wonder woman and 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 number two it really proves and and we we say this a lot on this show and we are reasonableists when it comes to our comic book movies man we don't sit here and and pit marvel versus dc that's a waste of everybody's time great movies are great movies It, it it puts to rest though this idea ryan that the dceu is quote unquote a flop because now with four movies under their belt Okay, Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and now Wonder Woman. With only four movies, the DCEU has rapidly approached the $2 billion mark in box office receipts alone. That is pretty impressive. And That's not anything to snub at. And far, 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 far from being a flop. And so it, it just it, it feels good as a comic book fan of books, of movies. For this movie to be at, that was very sweet to be very successful. Oh, nice. She's yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, I know. For those of you who are wondering <laughs> what I'm referring to, Ryan's very lovely wife, Lauren, just reached in and kissed his little shiny bald head and walked away. That was very nice. <laughs> she's going to bed, I guess. She's, right. she's turning in for the night. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> she's, she's a sweetheart. She is absolutely. So, um, you know, and along with that, Ryan, I shared with you uh, a little video clip today from San Diego Comic Con of the cast of justice league signing some autographs uh yeah, for fans man. and we're gonna put it up on you our twitter talk feed about heartwarming oh my <laughs> gosh right and we'll put this up on the, our twitter feed and i'm sure that that most uh comic book fans have already seen it, but that's okay it's gonna be up on our feed when when this show concludes a a young girl uh she looks like she's maybe about what did you say, Ryan? Like maybe 10, 11 years old, somewhere um, around there? If, if, if that old, honestly. And, and she's wearing some, you know, Wonder Woman gear, and she's standing in front of Gal Gadot, and she is trembling, shaking. Gal Gadot is sitting, you know, there, there's a table, and they're, you know, they're signing these autographs, and, and to Gal's right is Ezra Miller, who uh, plays the Flash. 
and and this little girl is she's crying she's shaking and it's hard to make out the audio what she is saying to gal gadot ryan that little girl in that moment with with gal was the most important person in the room and in the world and i'm glad that the cameras and the mics didn't pick up all of the conversation i'm glad it didn't but she was able to share such a great moment with this little girl. And you could tell this little girl was touched by the Wonder Woman character and to be standing in front of her hero, who is Gal Gadot, who played Wonder Woman. What, what an amazing visual to see. And it really, Ryan, it just speaks to how important it was for a strong female character to be presented. And, and you know, Wonder Woman's been around for a long time, right? I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking well into the, the 50s. Though to this little girl, that doesn't matter. It's who yeah. Wonder Woman is right now. And, you know, the, the camera looks over at Ben Affleck and he's sitting there looking and he's just like, wow. And, and if you catch it to the end of that video, there's a little boy who's crying yeah. is he's met Ben From, Affleck because he just got to yeah, meet Batman, Batman, right? Um, <laughs> like, uh, it, it just really, Ryan, it, it's so awesome to see stuff like that, that, you know, again, it, it proved us so, so wrong about the casting of that movie and yeah it, it just really shows that how important this movie was culturally to oh, yeah. everybody not not just little girls not just yeah. females but to everybody just how yeah. awesome the wonder woman character is and how important it was for this movie to be made and how relevant to how well it was made yeah to have the reception that it's had it's incredible that's it uh man i wish i wish we could i would just sit here and repeat ourselves for another hour just on that fact honestly um we talk i mean there's a lot of social commentary that goes on with you know where we are in america like where we are at this moment in time um and i think that this movie had if it was made two years ago if it was made, you know, seven years ago, it would not. I just don't think the impact would be as strong as it is this year. I think this year is a fantastic. It's just a, it's just landed at the perfect time in our country, at least. Um, much. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I can only speak culturally to where I live, and you know, everything like that. So, if you're outside this country and you're listening to our show, one, thank you. Uh, but two, I, I don't know how it affected other countries. But what I can tell, at least in the U S um, it, it just hit home in a very big way that we have, we have yet to have seen before this film. And I think the, there's ripples from that movie that will carry forward in what I would love to see is just in this industry this fear of female-led movies, especially in the action comic book genres that are not there. And we've seen, and that's the thing, like this is not the first female-led action movie. You know, we had Domino a few years ago. That was a lot of fun. Um, man, um, oh, the one with, uh, oh man, it's late and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, drawing blanks. Uh, but the gal who plays um, Gamora, in Guardians. Oh, Colombiana. 
Yeah, she did one. Um, Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Uh, Mad Max so, Fury Road. Mad Max. Was Mad Max not, Fury Road. He was not the main character in that movie. He was more no, of like he the was, he was more of like the host of the party. You know, yeah. uh, Furiosa. Oh, yeah, sure. Furiosa was Furiosa the main Furiosa character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Atomic Blonde. Um, if you've seen any trailers for that, I saw some of her stunt work. The director was talking, and just to kind of brag on Shirley Theron for a few minutes, of like, that's hard. But <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, right. So, yeah, let's so, talk about It's so ugh. tough to talk about her. I know. She's just such a great actress, but yeah, it's so hard on the eyes. I just. Uh, <laughs> Jab, right? <laughs> but uh, she's coming out with Atomic Blonde that's coming out pretty soon. Um, she does. I think 98% of the stunt work in that movie is done by her. I believe it. Which puts which puts her in the one percentile of actors total. That's that like that's like Tom Cruise work. level. I mean that that guy yeah. likes to do a lot of his own stunts, you know. Yeah. Uh, John Travolta was another one before he got, yeah. you know, before he found the box of donuts uh, that he, he liked to do a lot of his own stunts as well. Too. What before? What was that? Michael? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think that was the movie that <laughs> and that, that's what did him in. That's what did him in. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're seeing, and, and, and that's, we've talked about it before, but Gal Gadot was prego through the filming of this movie. They had to green screen her belly. Like, it wasn't, it's not like even a thing where they were just like, she's like three weeks pregnant. No, literally, she's got a pregnant stomach. They had to put green tape on top of it, and then they just filled it in after the fact. So yeah. she's swinging her sword around and she's building a human all at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, right. if there's anything that's like the picture of Wonder Woman, it's, it's Gal Gadot. She, like, she, was, she is Wonder Woman, man. <laughs> I'm she building a person. Woman. Also, I'll be an inspiration to everyone. And I'm, and I'm also <laughs> laying the wood to these dirty krauts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah. I think it's, just, it's like everything about that's just perfect. I'm well, really spe- speaking of Wonder Woman, let, let's go ahead and transition into some of the great trailers that we had uh, at Comic-Con. Oh, sure. I would love to start with... Uh, Justice League, you know, we had the little teaser trailer uh, that we got, what, about maybe seven? No, actually, it was Comic-Con last year, wasn't it? Where we got the first little sniff of yeah, Justice League, and right? We, and then we then we had yeah, another teaser mm-hmm. trailer that had the, the infamous line, what's your superpower? I'm rich, right? Great, great little right. line there. Uh, we got to see, like, the Batman Ezra Miller uh, flash scene where he throws the Batarang. And correct, he, yeah. Of course, catches it and, like, kind of looks at it funny. And that's, that, dude, that's still love that moment. And they, they still put, they have, they add to the trailer, I think, and they're not really taking a lot away. So we're seeing, we're seeing some of the same trailer, which I like a lot because that means they're not going to sell me the movie completely inside the trailer. Zack Snyder like- continues to do the right thing by not showing too much in this trailer. Like, like we did in Dawn of justice where we're just going to serve right. up every little, well, we saw the whole movie in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, what we see in the, see in the trailer is, you know, a couple of things that, that I took notice of real quick is, and rightfully so, Wonder Woman really takes front and center <laughs> on this trailer. Oh, yeah. And, and that just it's makes... Take a backseat King of Atlantis. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, bat who? You know, um, and, and rightfully so. You know, I mean, this is no stranger. Marvel has done it when they move from one MCU film to the other. If the one that precedes it is going to have a character 
that was in like the one that came before it and it was a hot movie, you tend to kind of lead with that, right? And that that makes yeah. sense, you know, to kind of lead in with Wonder Woman. She is the hot ticket right now. Uh, right. Obviously, Batman is always going to be a hot ticket theatrically, even when it's a, a dud of a movie like Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. It's, you know, people still turn out to see it. Yeah. And so, you know, it leads in with Wonder Woman. You know, she's kind of busting up some dorks and and what what really sticks out to me uh, other than, you know, kind of being really Wonder Woman heavy at the beginning, the as expected, the special effects are definitely brushed up, looking cleaner. Cyborg's looking much better than he did. Much better. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we knew that it would. We knew that it would. You know, we used Iron Man and Green Lantern. And even though Green Lantern is not a good movie, as much as I desperately want to try to like it, it keeps telling me not to. <laughs> yeah. I, I love your, you have so much optimism around that. Like, oh, my gosh. It's just anybody else. You know, and I'll, I'll still every once in a while catch it on it. HBO. HBO. I do. I, I really want to like that movie. And as soon as I start to like it, it gives me something that tells me that I shouldn't be liking it. it it's the, it's a very frustrating experience. And I love that you try. It's like it's new every time. And you're just like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe now, maybe now. <laughs> no, bless your heart, John. No. I don't know what to tell you. Here comes, here comes <laughs> parallax looking like, you know, big rolling pieces of poop. I mean, it just, uh, okay. It's, okay. All right. Uh, Right. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what what could have been right? What could have been with that movie? And you know, I you know the Army Hammer stuff. Like the I think that's uh, is that confirmed or is that still rumor mill? You know, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's I didn't uh, look into it. I, we're, well, he we was so he was so great like, in the Lone Ranger. The fact, I don't know why you wouldn't want that? him. I said he was so great as the Lone Ranger. I don't know why you wouldn't want him as Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that one was such blockbuster. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, but you know, we, we, we referenced Iron Man and and Green Lantern as, you know, when those first trailers came out and say what you will about Green Lantern, Ryan, as weak as it is, the special effects are, are really good. It's very vibrant. I mean, if you're watching it in, you know, 1080p or 4k, it, it really, it, at least visually, Mm -hmm. it looks good at, at times, right? You, you, you can't argue with color. Watch it on mute. Yeah, you know? yeah, right, and just kind of absorb the neon green. And uh, just to clarify, though, Army Hammer has not been confirmed for anything at all. No, so. okay, good. Uh, yeah. So you know, similar to Iron Man and Green Lantern, when those trailers came out, you know, Iron Man looked kind of rough, but then obviously when we got to the final build, it looked sure. much better, right? So yeah, the special effects look better. Cyborg is looking really good. The the speed force effects for the Flash, uh, they are every time they are nailing that like there is no tomorrow like there is no tomorrow that is that is quickly becoming i mean wonder woman got her solo film and of course i love the way that's gal gadot is representing that like in the character is just brawling awesome uh but i tell you the finesse that comes with the flash and that speed force and the power behind it um just I'm impressed. I love watching him throw that dude through that door. I could watch that little yeah. four, yeah, you know, half second clear, whatever it is, like a half second moment of him punching that dude through that door and watching that lightning just crackle and crackling around, around him. him. Like, and, oh, and it's so good. You know, DC has definitely fallen in love with the Wonder Woman slide kick. 
uh, that that's going to be a, a move of hers that oh, will yeah. never go away. You know, that's that's right up there with that's a, a signature. Yeah, that that slide kick, and you know, she looks good doing it. So keep filming her doing it, right? I mean, no one's going to argue with that. <laughs> keep, keep on keeping on with that. That's right. Uh, you know, especially again, the special effects are really touched up. Uh, you're, I think we're seeing a little bit more color. You know, in this one, Steppenwolf looks really amazing. Clearly, he's going to be the main villain. We're not going to see Apocalypse right away. Yeah. Which is good. We don't need to, right? This is this is a part one. Uh, Steppenwolf. Yeah. If you're not familiar, guys, with, with Steppenwolf, if you read DC Comics, you're going to know who Steppenwolf is because Apocalypse is essentially, for lack of a better uh, definition, kind of the Thanos of DC. I mean, you know, he is the baddest of the bad. Uh, the Omega Beams, the Omega Planet, he's the destroyer of right. worlds. Uh, even Superman and Doomsday have yeah. uh, had a I hard mean, time going toe-to-toe with Apocalypse. I mean, no, yeah. no not was, Apocalypse. Dude, I'm screwing that up. 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 I'm sorry. Apocalypse is his, the planet in which he lives on. Darkseid is who it is. I am sorry. I'm, I'm botching that. Darkseid. And he lives on the planet Apocalypse. Like, people are like, what are you talking about? The crappy Oscar Isaac character is going to be in <laughs> Justice League? No. No, new dark side, <laughs> not apocalypse. So, and we haven't gotten a good look at dark side at all. No, um, no. we, we hear his voice is, and Steppenwolf's voice yeah. and Steppenwolf is a, is a bad mofo in, in the comics. Ooh, yeah. he's, he's the, f- I mean, go ahead, man, go ahead. I, I cut you off. No, no. I mean, to be real, I mean, he is born to be wild. I mean, let's get right. Yeah. Like he is <laughs> like the song. Yeah. From the band <laughs> Steppenwolf born, born to be wild. Absolutely. Been sitting on that pun for a minute. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> well, he's the forebearer of Darkseid. He's essentially the yeah. one who paves the way for for Darkseid, and he is incredibly powerful. He's otherworldly. If you've seen the rated R cut of Dawn of Justice, you've seen Steppenwolf. He's in the Kryptonian um, archives that Lex Luthor right. sees. So yeah. the Kryptonians are aware of Darkseid. They are aware of Steppenwolf. And we know Superman's going to be in this movie, okay? Oh, yeah. And I love the fact, too, that... That's at the end of that trailer, too. I don't think you that's, that's Superman. Who, I don't think that is. You don't think that... Who you think that is, I, who, I, who would that be? I, well, I don't know why he's shaking the ground as he walks. I mean, Superman doesn't create ripples in water when he walks. No, uh, but he's got energy coming off of him. And they're he in the Batcave. That, the that looks process. like the Batcave. I don't know why Kal-El's body would be in the Batcave. So I, I, I'm hoping... I'm hoping that that's a little twist they're throwing out there that that is not mm. Superman. Who I would like it to be would be Martian Manhunter. I think that would be awesome. Now, that, oh, would, yeah. that would be an interesting character kind of thrown in because we really haven't you know, been introduced to anything with that. Sure. Um, we know Henry Cavill's in this movie. They're doing yeah. some. They're doing some reshoots right now. No one hit the panic button like we've said a million times. Every movie does a reshoot. Literally, literally, literally. Every movie. Okay, these knee jerk <laughs> reactions of like, oh my god, re- reshoots. Yep, yep. Even <laughs> it's a movie. even the almighty Guardians Volume Two had reshoots. Ryan. Okay, I <laughs> mean they all do, right? So I uh, had a few more, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> try, try a full Whoa. redo. So no reboot. <laughs> so uh, Whoa, we're swinging for the fences. Yeah. So we, we know that he's going to be <laughs> in it. And very well, at the end of that trailer, you know, when Alfred looks up and he says, we've been waiting for you. That very well could be Superman. 
really, I mean, guys, when you break it down, the the Justice League that we've been introduced, and I'm sure we'll probably have a couple more members make their way in, but Cyborg, yeah. uh, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Batman um, are not going to be able to withstand Darkseid and his parademons. They're just not. I mean, Wonder uh, Woman not is... By yeah, not yeah. by themselves, right? And certainly not Batman on his own is going to be able to do it. Oh, There's well, just so many Batmobiles <laughs> you can go Good through work. yeah, before you start... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so you know we know Superman's going to be in it. Uh, I'm really hoping we see the rejuvenation Superman, the silver mm-hmm. and black armor. I think would be really really awesome to see. And I even would love to see the Kryptonian mullet. That would oh, be. Oh, dude, I want long hair. I want the beard. Yes, I want the black suit. Yes, man, dude, are you kidding? Kryptonian me? Like, rejuvenation that- Superman. That that's some bad a Superman <laughs> right there, man. Dude, yeah. How cool is that gonna? I mean, they leaked a little. I mean, they did a little bit of a hint at it. I think it was last year. They had a picture. I can't remember who posted. It was probably Zack Snyder posted that like black scaly. Yeah, you know, kind of the Kryptonian uh, carving. You know, kind of in the suit. Like, yeah, yeah. So it, of course, like everyone went wild. I, I really expect we'll see long haired. I, re, I mean, I, I, that's just my dream is to see just a long haired, confused Kal-El. Not sure what has happened. What is going hope, on? Yeah, man, it's going to be cool, man. I, I've got a lot of hope for that. I got this is, I got to get this out. So the hope that I really do have, of course I want to see all of that. Cause it's, it would look amazing like on screen. Are you kidding me? Like all the updates that we get to do, we, we have 2017 technology and, and how we get to display all of this amazing stuff. But I really would love to see Superman's change of not personality, but that shift that he had in the comics a little bit after he came back to life. Like we saw, I mean, you know, we talk about it a lot. We talk about what is it? Uh, Boy Scout Superman from the 90s. And we get to see that in DC Comics Rebirth now. Yes. You know, we're dealing with. we're dealing with new 52 Superman on screen right now. Like that's what we've had in man of steel. That's what we had in Dawn of justice. We're dealing with, uh, you know, I'm not going to totally label him here, but it's mopey Superman right now. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. And that's who Um, the new 52 Superman was a little mopey. Didn't, didn't understand how he fully was aware that he was alien, that he's not human. How much, you know, questioning how much responsibility do I have for these people who aren't even my people? Should I even really have responsibility for them? Right. Yeah. And those are great. I'm, and I'm not dogging it, man, because those are great questions. And that's like the uh, and when New 52 came out and that Superman was prevalent, like those were great questions to watch Superman go through and work through. And those had have that. Um, but I tell you, just like we see Rebirth take this shift with Superman, I, I would love to see this Superman that's ready for this responsibility. He's died for Earth. And he's ready to to be its protector. Yeah. And he's ready to take this as his home. He's died for it at this point already. Um, you know, this is this is uh you know for religion, this is spiritual. This is exactly this is well, Jesus in yeah, you know, on I mean, the screen at this point. Superman right? is a Christ figure. I mean the So there yeah, you go. Absolutely. Right. You know, dead, raised from the dead, and then and then takes over the earth, right? Like that's the religious text. So of course Superman is that figure. And I think that's really important and i think it would be really important to watch superman have a transition into 
that I it just you. I mean, I could just picture it honestly, John, of that old that old school pose, two fists on the hips, like ready. I do that. And, ready and I want to hear the I want to hear the John Williams bum 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 bum. I would stand up and applaud. I would. <laughs> I, I would, would get cry. Kicked out of the I Alamo. Yeah. But I would stand <laughs> up and start clapping. Well, you know, there would be phenomenal. There, there is this you know kind of rumor floating that. Superman could potentially be one of the villains in part one. Now, I don't know if I would essentially buy that. I, I, I really don't. I, I think where you look at the course correction for the DCEU, and, and we're going to move on to some other trailers here in a second, guys. But when you, when you look at the course correction for the DCEU, and you, you see it you know, first with, with Wonder Woman, you've seen it now with two full-size trailers for Justice League, a little bit more banter. It, it's going to, you know, we, we all recognize DC is darker than Marvel. It just historically sure. ha- has always just been that way. Okay. Yeah. That being said, I, I believe they've learned their lesson from man of steel and dawn of justice Two very successful movies. And everyone knows that I will defend those though. At times they, they did start to feel a little bit like, Oh my goodness. You know, we're watching an emo movie. I mean, can someone crack a smile somewhere? You know, can, can we stop shaking the hair out of our, out of our eyes, yeah, right? you know, like cricking our necks, just emo it out. And I love the, the Bruce Wayne voiceover, uh, where he talks about Superman being a beacon of light and a in a of hope, you know, and and so we yeah. we have a a Bruce, a Batman who uh, will never fully trust the metahuman. He he just won't. It is yeah. chummy as they show him and Diana. Yeah. He will never fully trust anybody that has an otherworldly power other than a human. That that is just that's the Batman. All right. That being said. You know, he understood after Superman's sacrifice that he had judged Kal-El completely wrong. He, he still wants to have that contingency of just in case. Oh, sure. <laughs> just yeah, in case, just right? Him. He's got a just in case for everybody. Just He's got in, one for him. Yeah, absolutely. A just it's in Superman. case. So uh, <laughs> Superman is Batman's just in case. That's by right. The way. That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, but I, I love that voiceover. I love the shots of Atlantis, uh, Amber Heard as the the queen of Atlantis. Just a brief shot of her. Uh, she's going to play a much bigger role in Aquaman that comes out uh, next year. Oh yeah. Jason Momoa is just a Hulk of a man. Uh, you know what? That that is a he's a manly man, dude. He he's is a good looking dude. He's a I'm good looking dude, man. <laughs> he really is, is. a good looking dude. And I will say, it looks like he is. Ha- <laughs> and I know you don't watch Game of Thrones. Uh, he is so great as Cal Drogo. And I think we can spoil it at this point. He doesn't make it past season one. It is Game of Thrones. You'd never put your trust in a character it's, lasting too long. It's Game anyway. of Thrones, and he's pretty busy right now. So That's you can right. imagine he's probably not in anything. That's else. right. Uh, he he's he, he is just he's a good looking dude. There, there's just no question. And um, he is, you know, man. if I played for that team, um, yeah, I'd I'd probably have a Jason Momoa poster up in the in the study here. There's no question. <laughs> He looks like he is having a great time, and and I love that interpretation of Aquaman. Uh, You know, it would have been very easy to go with the standard blonde-haired white guy. Not that we like to play race cars or anything like that, because you and I both agree that's usually a waste of time. 
Though sure. I, I like this interpretation. You know, Jason Momoa is of Samoan descent, giving him more of a tropical look and feel, and it fits. Yeah. It fits. Yeah. And and that's what I would view an, a modern day Aquaman as being. It's like he looks like a dude who would have incredible strength and power and swim yeah. underwater really fast. I mean, that's just kind of what he looks like, you know? Yeah. And he fits the fit. He totally fits the, the whole persona. Um, I like, I like his, uh, dialogue with it. I think he's got, uh, he's got that dry with sarcasm. Um, he's while Ezra Miller is going to bring that really levity to the whole and the, ner- group, the nervousness the I'm over my head. I'm really not quite yeah. sure. Like he's yeah. going to be the goofy lighthearted him, but Jason Momoa is in Aquaman. He's going to bring a lot of the sarcasm, a lot of maybe the little bit of cynicism in there. Um, but it's almost he's still got the 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 royal presence about him. Yes, because he is, think, he is the king of Atlantis. He is royalty, sure. right? Yeah. So him with Diana, I think as Diana, she doesn't really have a, a big sense of humor. Let's be real; it's not she's not joking around all the time. But I think with with Ezra and and, and I think with uh, Jason Momoa, we're going to see that's where we're going to see the humor. Uh, really start to come out in the film. And, th- you know, that's what I really like about how the DCU is heading is that we had Man of Steel, we had Dawn of Justice, and neither one had a lot of brevity at all. Um, they were no. super heavy. Yeah. They were really heavy movies. Um, then we get Wonder Woman, right? Well, Suicide Squad, of course, which is just kind of was, filled with was heavy, a but lot a, of that. A lot of dark humor, you know. A lot uh, of dark, yeah. yeah. A lot of dark humor um, and bad dancing. A ton of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, sorry. So, yeah, hold on. Dark hold humor on. Side uh, of stuff. Correction. What? Uh, Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad. Had, oh yes, of course. Sorry. Had dark humor and bad dancing to yeah. it. Yeah. Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad did have dark humor. So, and then of course, then we get to Wonder Woman, which Chris Pine did a really good job lightening yes up yeah. that side of things. Uh, the Oh, man, the la- the 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 lady who played the woman who played the reception uh, the the assistant. Oh yeah, um, uh, Miss Candy. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, yeah, the character Ms. is Eddie Candy. Yeah, Eddie Candy. The character, the actress that played her, who also was in the original version of The Office, um, played the Pam character. If you know The Office, correct uh, from yeah. the U.S., they, she played that receptionist character in. Uh, in the British version of the office. So obviously she was fine with humor. She did a great job. She lightened it up while Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, she wasn't joking around a ton. I mean, it just wasn't her style. It just wasn't, she wasn't raised in that format. So anyway, I'm taking a lot of words to say very little, I think is really the point. Well, I think what we're saying is the Justice League trailer looks (laughs) amazing. It looks great. Uh, It looks like they're having fun and very much looking forward to it. And yeah. so, yeah, so let's uh, let's move to the second big one. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, we finally man. got the full trailer of that. Uh, man, you talk about splashes of color. This movie is oh, color, yeah. color, color. Uh, Thor and Hulk both sporting some fresh new cuts looking good. <laughs> You're right, dude. I love it. I'm loving the new hair. <laughs> yeah, right. On both of them. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this one, you know, much more fleshed out than the teaser that we got. Uh, Right off the bat, I got to say, Marvel continues uh, to excel 
Guardians Volume 2 notwithstanding, now that we're trying to pick on that again, those trailers gave away a lot for Guardians yeah. Volume 2. And, and that historically yeah. has not been Marvel's approach to these movies. Very much out of character uh, for, for Guardians Volume 2. This trailer did not really give too much away in terms of how did Banner even manage to get in space, to even manage to get in uh, right. you know, the arena. Where he is going, none of that was shown, teased, uh, or anything. And, and to that, goodness, I say, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I want to, you. when I sit down to see this movie theatrically, I want to, I, that's where I want to find out how in the world did we go from a Quinjet at the end of Age of Ultron to doing battle with Thor in a galactic arena in front of Jeff Goldblum? How did we get here? Right. And, and the yeah. trailer did not show, any of that and that is fantastic i love that uh and i love that we're starting to see a hulk that can communicate he's he's yes right that is great that is you know and and i think we're seeing continuously seeing and i said it before and i'll keep saying it again we get to see those planet hulk nods through thor ragnarok now of course i don't think it's of course it's not planet hulk right we know that it's not just it's not actually that that setting but uh what is it the watiti i think is his last name for the director yeah he is nodding to hulk uh planet hulk over and over and over again with the armor set with the uh, with the hulk actually communicating and talking uh with thor i I love it man it's like it's those moments i'm like man these are this is stuff that we haven't been able to see that we know we know hulk at this point Oh, you're right. Phase one is on its way out. These phase one dudes are on their are 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 really kind of wrapping up their contracts. I know we're probably not going to if it, we got one, it would surprise the heck out of me. But we're not going to get a Hulk movie. Uh, well, Ruff, Ruffalo went on on like the record is saying we're we won't uh, because it comes yeah. down to distribution deals. Oh, with you. Right. Yeah, it comes yeah. down to again. This is where Sony and Universal apparently don't want to make money is that Universal <laughs> has distribution rights. Now, they, they don't have MCU rights to right. the Hulk. Right. Okay? right, right, right. They have distribution rights. And what it's coming down to is they, they're essentially not wanting to play nice with Marvel and Disney. And that always works out so good when you don't want to play yeah, nice sure. with Marvel and Disney, yeah. right? Especially now, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. So but thematically, even I, it wouldn't work at this point. I think we're kind of well, you know, Ryan. I mean, you know, know the the Incredible Hulk has almost the, the movie, the Incredible Hulk, while it exists in the MCU, has almost been retconned out of existence. It's there. Yeah. The there have really been what two big references to the Incredible Hulk. One happened in the Avengers when uh, Banner tells Tony, "The last time I was in Harlem, I almost destroyed yeah, it." Kind of broke. I kind of broke Harlem. Kind of broke Harlem. Yeah. And then uh, General Bob Ross, right? And yep. in yep. Uh, Civil War, and those have yeah. those have been. And then a short, short, short. You know, they they were called the Marvel shorts. Uh, they were on extras on some of the Blu-ray discs. I think it was the, the Thor, one shots. The one shots. Yeah, I think it was on the yeah. Thor Blu-ray, uh, where you know Sitwell and. And, um, um, oh man, I, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I wish I, wish I could help. I'm, I'm Agents like, of cool, S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm blanking with you. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, he died. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> geez, we're idiots. 
Coulson. Coulson, son of Call. Uh, where <laughs> Sidwell, where Sidwell and Coulson are having a conversation, where you find out his that, first name's Agent. Yes, yeah, first name is Agent. Yeah, where Sidwell and Coulson <laughs> are having a conversation about sending the consultant, who is Tony, to actually right. go to General Ross to get Abomination, n- not Hulk. So that's right, right, what right. that little yeah. scene was about. Other than that, that movie has is essentially been, for lack of a better way almost retconned out right yeah live well, I mean, tyler's just, character nothing reference yeah. nothing not like live tyler is a love interest gone any because we we thought we were going to see like the start of the leader right when he got hit with the gamma radiation and the incredible hulk gone right that's not reference probably yeah. not going to see Which that is a shame man uh, like, the leader's was... a great character man he's a great yeah. character and so we we Mr. have Mr. blue you know? Yeah, we, we essentially only have really just two connections to that movie, probably because, you know, Mark Ruffalo's interpretation of the Hulk and especially Bruce Banner, wildly different than the cocky, smarmy, you know, Edward Norton just kind of strutting yeah. around. That's not who Bruce Banner is, was, or should be, you know, presented. So, right. yeah, man, you know, at this point, I think Marvel realizes, obviously, they're not going to get another standalone Hulk movie. And, well, you can solve that very easily. You, you put him in an established character movie outside of Avengers. Well, we'll just put him in Thor 3. There you go. Problem solved. That, yeah. that way, fans get <laughs> to see more Hulk. He's, he's going to have probably more screen time in Ragnarok than he's had oh, in yeah. Avengers and Age of Ultron. So it's a win-win, man. It's a win-win for everybody. Well, at the end, yeah. <laughs> well, at the end of the Hulk, oh, I'm sorry, at the end of the Thor trailer, we see him dive bombing towards Surtur. I find the found the demon. Yeah. Um, who plays, a, apparently, you know, in, in Ragnarok story, plays a huge part in the destruction of Asgard. So um, after, uh, what is it? Hela takes over. Uh, Asgard and really kind of comes after it, destroys Mjolnir um, and Mjolnir, uh, Mjolnir, and <laughs> Mjolnir, and goes after. So goes after. Uh, obviously, goes after Asgard. The demon Surtur. <laughs> Dude, the names are killing me. I know, man. These, these Norse, these Norse <laughs> names, man. Like, come on. Uh, but we see that really awesome shot of Hulk just doing the Hulk smash, you know, both hands behind the head, fist raise. Like, it's just that picture perfect, like ready to go indestructible force meeting it. What is it? Indestructible force meeting, meeting an unstoppable object. Yeah. Well, and I really hope Hulk turns into Pac-Man right there too. Uh, That That would be, be, you know what? I think that would be perfect. Like you could not like put two gods against each other like that without turning one into Pac-Man. Yeah. So yeah, right. Uh, so <laughs> we gotta do we gotta stop like stabbing know, right? well that scene is so stupid so <laughs> a couple things that are not addressed in the trailer number one yep. when um the dark the dark world ended loki is sitting on the throne impersonating odin yeah that that has not been addressed in this trailer I, I okay. hope I hope that's not just hope. I, I hope it's not casually dismissed. I, I don't think it's going to be because for some of the warts that, that pop up in the MCU, continuity on the whole is not one of them. OK, it, right. there, there, there yeah. have been holes. There have been some places where we go, oh, 
and we kind of fall into a little bit of a of a pit of a continuity error. Sure, uh, yeah. that's a pretty big one to just kind of dismiss out of hand. <gasps> you know, oh yeah, forget sorry. that. Just Loki kidding. Kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> Loki sent Thor back to Earth, <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, as Odin, like, um, hmm. nah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. Like, and that's the thing. Like, we see Loki tied up. You know, he may have been he may have just been caught, you know, at the same time, like it just may have been. Uh, so he's tied up in the trailer and that's when Thor comes and sees him and he kind of, I guess, rescues Loki out of whatever he's doing. Man, hope springs eternal for Loki with with Thor, man. He just he won't, he won't give brother, up. On him. Yeah, he won't give up on it. It's his it's his brother. He can't give up on him. Just like Bucky and Steve, man. Like there's, there's just that relationship there. So, and we, you know, great visual too, uh, of, of Hela taking on an army of Valkyrie and her, in her Pegasus army. Is there, oh, yeah. is there dive bombing into Asgard? Uh, Again, Kate Blanchett, like, boy, I, you know, dude, I don't know what it is, man. Um, dude, I just got a thing for like goth looking chicks and, <laughs> <laughs> she is striking. I'll put it that. I mean, that's that's the only way that I, I can see Kate Blanchett. That's the only. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like we refer to striking. We refer to Sigourney Weaver as a handsome woman. Hey, I, I that's my crush, dude. She's a handsome woman. That's Sigourney she is a Weaver, handsome woman. Uh, <laughs> I think striking is a great way to define Kate Blanchett. She's not, you know, your traditional, you know. Um, oh, this is gonna sound very chauvinistic from a couple of you know bald white guys, but. Uh, you know, she's not your traditional like Hollywood knockout. You know what I'm saying? But oh, yet, okay. but yet, when you see her, you're just like, she is a striking woman, and she yeah. is dedicated to her craft, and she goes all in on whatever oh, yeah. role she is playing. And you know, we oh, we yeah. have referenced this in the past. You know, uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, I think a role that she just absolutely just boggles the mind is the aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio. She's just outstanding in that movie. Yeah. Let me tell you, two days ago, Lauren and I sat down on a just random whim and watched Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Oh, yeah. She's fantastic in that as well, too. And just like just just, you know, 48 hours ago, really, and just like watched through that movie and remembered actually how much I I like that movie. David Fincher directed, by the way, which is I forgot, and I was like, "Well, that kind of makes sense. Like he's super weird." So, uh, of course, he'd make a baby. Of course, he'd make a backwards. movie about Brad Pitt aging backwards. <laughs> so that makes perfect sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, she, so, she. But anyway, but she's great in that. And like, she looks like she's fantastic. having a blast too, man. I mean, oh, she's yeah. just oh, and for as Hella, yeah, yeah, right. So great, great visual look to this movie. Trailer did not reveal a lot. Uh, we got a banner that looks a little too casual, cool, kind of like he raided Tony Stark's closet. He's wearing like retro t-shirts with sport coats. So that's kind of an interesting uh, look. He's kind of done that, though. He, he, he did, That's he, kind of yeah. been... He's that's like, a little bit of his look, but I agree. Banner, like, yeah, you know, after seeing start- cat shirt Tony with a with the sport coat on, yeah, with the and w- homecoming, yeah. <laughs> so he apparently raided Stark's closet before he went to uh, outer space. Uh, he just needs stretchy pants, man. That's just all you got to get. That's banners. right. Make sure uh, he's got stretchy pants. Very cool visual of Thor hitting the Bifrost at the end of that trailer, where he is just all charged up with lightning. Oh, so very, cool. very cool image. You know, I think one of the biggest complaints I've had about Thor is, you know, he's been a fun character. There, there, there's no doubt. He, yeah, he is. Absolutely. He is becoming um, a, a character. You know, we, we kind of get a little bit of it with vision trying to be the voice of reason, especially in Civil War. Right. right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we're starting to see with Thor is a, is a maturing of the character. And, and I appreciate, uh, especially with the original Thor, because that was, I, I'm still of the opinion that was the, going to be the toughest sell of the standalone yeah. films, right? And, and the use of humor that was brought in, you know, like when he drinks the mug of coffee and he goes, I will have another. And he, you know, smashes the mug on the floor. Right. Uh, yeah. And he's just wolfing down pancakes like there's no tomorrow. I mean, th- those were all <laughs> yeah. just, you know, great funny scenes. And, and a lot of that levity was needed to introduce a very, if you, if you didn't know the character, it'd be very odd, right? It's like, what is this? Like Norse mythology, Bifrost, Mjolnir's, Mjolnir's, this, this, Odin sons, Loki's. It's like, what the hell is going on, man? Like, where's Spider-Man, right? And, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And so now we're starting to see that that you can't have that carry all the time now. And and I we saw that in Age of Ultron where the Thor character started to get a little bit more serious, right? Especially, yeah. and again, we wish Disney would have allowed Joss Whedon to expand that scene better when he goes in the hot tub of doom. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, like, it we just, missed, oh, we missed so much of that. Don't understand like, who the suit was at Disney, who put the ax to that. Um, I, I still don't get it. You can watch it. It's the, such a random moment. Like uh, the only reason that scenes in there, I think I'm sorry to like jump in here, but the only, the only reason that scene is in there is to show that each one of them were on a personal journey for, to do something. Yeah. And I, and it's like, that's the only reason that existed. It could have been cut and we would have been none the wiser. Like he literally could have left. Cause that's what he did was just like, I've got to work this out. Could have taken off. We never see Thor until he smashes into the window and charges up vision. Like we could have just seen that. That would have been awesome. And then he could have just spoken about it, you know, in his like grandeur and just said the ice had a vision. And then that would have been it. Honestly, that would have been fine. It would have made more sense. Saw, it would have made more sense than what we, than what we, if got. we never saw it, Correct. but because we saw this like half edited scene, of him going into the, you know, the hot tub of doom. <laughs> like we, yeah, we now have questions yeah. that we really don't, will ever get answers. Swim to, time so. with Thor, you know? So, um, <laughs> but we're starting to see like the, the, the maturation of the character uh, of Thor. And this one here, uh, you know, clearly is going to have some levity, right? Found out today that the director of the film, uh, has openly stated about 80% of the dialogue is improvised. Uh, that that makes me a little like okay, are, are we sure we yeah, want to do that in this type of movie? Uh, yeah, but I'm with you, man. Yeah. Like that's really, I don't know. I don't even know how to take that. It doesn't hit me positively. No, I know that no, it doesn't. Because um, visually, the film, the the trailer visually looks great, and we can say yeah. that about Guardians Volume Two. Visually, heck yeah, that yeah. movie was outstanding and will look mm-hmm. incredible on blu-ray and digital hds just snap popping on our hd screens in the house it's going to look amazing look amazing in the theater this one equally is going to be as vibrant as colorful but you know when i think of people who can uh improvise their way through two hours of film mark ruffalo and chris hemsworth don't come to mind first i think of people like you know Seth Rogen, James Franco, uh, Will Ferrell, yeah. Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, anybody who's done a Judd Apatow movie in the last 15 years. Those are yeah. the people I think that can improvise their way through a movie and be successful doing so. And if I'm, I mean, if I may, the, I think a good picture of that and not to dog on Chris Hemsworth at all. It's not about that. 
it's just kind of what we're seeing here. Uh, go back and, and watch his SNL performance. Um, and I think those moments, moments like that are really good to say, okay, is this someone that can really improvise a scene, really kind of go with the flow in the live moment and make it look natural. And uh, uh, there's quite a bit of good in his SNL performance. And there's quite a bit of kind of stinkers, um, of him being on screen situationally. They're funny. But his dialogue performance sometimes just leaves a little bit left out. He doesn't, the delivery is a little weird. Um, and they may have, you know what, to be honest with you, they may have been riffing. They, and what it turns into is they write it down, they clean it up, and then they then they deliver it like they should. I don't think we'll be seeing like open takes of, you know, first time dialogue. Yeah, gag, gag reels of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing that, you know, but at the same time, like if they're saying half of the stuff is improvised or 80% is impro- <laughs> improvised, um, I'm hoping those again, I, I'm really hoping we're seeing some clean dialogue that was written in the moment that was cleaned up, was redone and performed correctly. Yeah. I'm I'm trusting that. I'm trusting that process because I don't think they would do I don't think they would just put like a riff between Mark Ruffalo and Chris Hemsworth just riffing. <sighs> you know, um yeah. like hey, TJ Miller and and Ryan Reynolds can do that probably for hours. Oh, and hours. Like we're probably years, right? I, I would <laughs> like, be sh- and- I would be shocked to find out that, you know, Deadpool was probably 100% improvised. I mean, that's right. that's just, you know, that's Ryan Reynolds' strength, man. I mean, that's what he can do. Oh, and, yeah. and, it, and it's an incredible oh, talent to do that and to yeah. just like keep going and going and going with it. And you're like, man, this guy's just never going to stop, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I imagine good like first take dialogue happens i just you know i don't know i've never seen it before i guess that's where i'm coming from i've not seen these two guys go riff separately so when i'm hearing that they're improvising the dialogue now i'm with you i'm getting like (laughs) yeah i'm dog earing it man i'm just going okay like yeah We'll see, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll literally we'll see, but uh, a couple of other quick we'll tidbits, but then we'll move on to uh, a couple of the other big heavy hitters. Uh, Loki uh, obviously is going to be in Ragnarok uh, is also been confirmed yeah. for infinity war as well. Uh, so now before we, before we move out of uh, theatrical MCU, both of us are very surprised that we did not see the infinity war teaser. You know, it was shown at D 23, which took place a week before san diego yeah. comic-con it was also shown at sdcc uh it's there are leaks that you can find online guys while we don't encourage piracy it's not that hard to find it is like beyond watchable i mean it or unwatchable excuse me it just you know like they're using a motorola razor you know to film that thing <laughs> i mean it looks awful uh so you know you and i both very surprised yeah. that it was not shown it, as much as marvel and dc <clears throat> kind of like to play the the nicey nice game with each other say oh this really isn't a competition uh in a lot of ways it is right they are friendly but they compete in print and they're going to compete for movie goers dollars i mean it's just the set it is just the nature of the business on the heels of a great justice league trailer where you're seeing an invasion of earth from a very very powerful not an alien army a very powerful almost godlike entity with Darkseid and his parademons, because Darkseid kind of straddles that line of like magic and science, right? I mean, it's yeah, he's it, it, almost you know hellish 
in his oh yeah in his abilities yeah. right satanic if you want to if you want to play that card it would have been a perfect opportunity for marvel to to say okay publicly here is the infinity war teaser and we i i feel like they they missed a great opportunity to put it out publicly now we could be talking out our rear ends and it could be up online tomorrow uh and and i hope that it is but i I think they missed an opportunity to to put that out there publicly uh chris hemsworth has gone on record saying that ragnarok will explain why in the infinity war teaser trailer the guardians literally run into thor in space they run into him he ends up on the windshield of their ship the milano and rocket goes like ew get it off right and so (laughs) the uh which i i can't wait for that that's just gonna be awesome man i know the meaning of these worlds the meaning of the avengers and the guardians man is gonna be Um, awesome right and yeah you know just awesome uh so you know chris has said yeah he said the end of ragnarok leads right to the beginning of infinity war so good we we felt they kind of missed an opportunity by not putting that out publicly for everybody i'm sure it will come out soon but i would have liked to have seen it you know, hit hit publicly along with these other really yeah. really awesome trailers of Ragnarok and Justice League. It w- it would have fit right in with the flow of, of what we saw. Yeah, a missed a missed opportunity yeah. is all we're saying. I agree. Well, I mean, you know, also super jealous that we can't that we that we weren't there it. for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Uh, Probably half of that is there. <laughs> one other quick trailer in the MCU. Uh, we did get a Defenders trailer number two. Yeah, uh, yeah. I will say the second trailer much better than the first one much better a lot more dialogue is shown between a little bit it looks like this one's gonna be a little bit lighter hearted as well too some good banter now it's interesting ryan because there some people don't know if this is a mashup of two trailers there there is one with a stan lee voiceover and i don't know if you've seen that one or not where Stan Lee's riding in the back of a taxi cab through New York City and through Hell's Kitchen, and he's narrating these different characters. He talks about the devil of Hell's Kitchen, uh, you know, the the Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and it just shows like different flashbacks to each one's individual uh, series. Yeah. And then he says something along the lines of the city needs to be defended or will be defended. And the screen goes dark. And when it comes back up, it's the Punisher walking down the hallway. And then it fades out again into the Defenders trailer. I am crossing my fingers and I'm hoping that in the Defenders, someone gets punished. I would love to have the Punisher make a cameo. Now he's not a defend he's not a defender in the books. He is not no. a member of the Defenders. He interacts with them. Obviously, and, he is a huge yeah. part of all of that, right? Wherever there's yeah. going to be trouble in Hell's Kitchen and yeah. the seedy parts of New York City, Frank Castle is somewhere around um looking to to cap someone's you know skull, you know, at some point. Yeah. So I I think they've made it pretty clear though, like in all the Defender promo art that the skull is nowhere to be found. It's not there inside yet. of like the defender promo art. So I think, I think we're pretty safe on that. I, I don't think we're going to be ruining, uh, at least, you know, some canon with 
including Punisher in a defender scenario. I could see him interacting sure with them at some point. Yeah. Oh, he'll be around. They'll run yeah, into him sure. somewhere. But he's know. not on their team. No, Frank know? Castle's he's, not a team player usually. He's, he, he's really almost never a team player. Uh, yeah. I mean, you <laughs> it know, took forever for him to be involved with 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 uh, even Spider Man. Like you know. Yeah. I mean, and you know, in in modern day comics, he's insanely loyal to Steve Rogers as well too. Uh, yeah. You know, because yeah. two war veterans, right? I mean, there yeah, the, the, there's that bond. Yeah. Of of, of war between the two they get yeah. they get war yeah so um i gotta say man defenders trailer number two looked much better uh i still feel ryan very uneasy about it uh oh sure. ju- just because of of you know man dude i just feel like we just keep kicking this poor guy uh just danny rand man i mean danny flipping rand you know it just yeah. uh man well, you know that's the other kicker so let me with defenders, because I'm not worried about Jessica Jones. I'm not worried about Daredevil. Luke Cage. Mm, the, the, I, we we both agreed throughout. You know, 13 very long episodes of Luke Cage. Yeah, there was a lot more to take from Luke Cage than there was an Iron Fist. I mean, you know, Luke Cage yeah. was. I think we gave it about a. You know, if we're scoring it, I think we gave it about a C, C plus. Where yeah. we told yeah. you know Iron Fist back to the book, son. Get back to studying, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, and I think, and that's why I think uh, it was, I saw the term anyway, I, I hate to go on rants. So, but let me, I got four rants apparently go like, ready go to go. Go for it. But Stage is yours. The, but the, um, the deal is with the defenders and I think they have to kind of clean stuff up is they have yet to finish Danny Rand's story. And I think that's more, more, more frustrating to me than anything else is that they, they took 13 episodes to tell an incomplete series, uh, for season one of net of, of iron fist. They, they still didn't finish it. So some of defenders, the first, like almost half of defenders is still finishing up iron fist. Um, and that's been talked about quite a bit. I think that to me, I don't know if that was a response from the critical side of things. It was still like from, from, you know, when it premiered, it was still the most watched premiere uh, of Netflix when it premiered in March, um, which is great for numbers. I think that's awesome. But uh, we, yeah, but what was the sustainability? You know, is what I want. It didn't know. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, uh, (laughs) it definitely didn't get a rewatch from me. Uh, No, Um, no, I will not be going. No, (laughs) I mean, Daredevil season one, I've started to work my way through that one again, but you know, Iron Fist, I'm not, I'm not revisiting that. I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm set. I, I got it, you know? Uh, but what I did like is that they cut some of the awkward moments out of the Defenders trailer. I feel like the comments that we made about the first Defenders trailer, someone may have listened. I don't know, but, uh, the awkwardness in the hallway fight, uh, where we see Jessica Jones kind of dive out of the way really randomly. What am I supposed to be doing here? Like like looks around kind of awkwardly. That's been sliced out. Um, it's much more clean there. We get a little bit more. I like, you know, you followed it up. We get more of that banter between them. You know, they're obviously we're playing the Avengers card one more time. Yeah. Street, um, street level Avengers, right? Yeah. We're getting the ragtag group of people that aren't used to working in a group, working as a group. Like we're going to see that kind of card played, which is fine. I don't really have a big problem with that. That's kind of normal storytelling. Well, it's a story that they they can kind of tell itself and it's it's easy to tell and and people like it. Right. People. But I tell you, (laughs) I'm still a big fan of Kristen Ritter's uh, Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah, man. 
just how she's just you know she buzz she cracks open that cold one on the subway and just, just starts just slugging guzzling it. it yeah <laughs> Just, and, they, and they just both look at her like this is odd and she's just like it's been a long week <laughs> like it's been a long day or something yeah um i i you know that's jessica jones man like we're gonna see we're gonna get to see her a little bit um and then i wish there was a character that provided a little bit more lightness and brevity to that but because we don't really have that in defenders everyone's pretty solemn everyone's you know the 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 gruff character i think we have gruff all the way across the board there's not really a character that's a little naive and a little well they like, i think they had the opportunity the for that with danny they danny Rand could have been that character absolutely right? mm-hmm. like that's what i'm saying like they had an opportunity to shine because he's, he's going to be the youngest one of the group right yeah still yeah, not yeah. fully um <clears throat> realizing the potential of his ability yeah. and his power still kind of coming into a very, very similar to how flash yeah. is being represented in justice league. He's new to yeah. it. Right. So yeah, having yeah. Danny Rand could have been that character. And so, and maybe there, maybe they're going to retcon Danny Rand a little bit in defenders. And I would yeah. be Reha- just 100% in favor of that. Yeah. What retcon the heck out of that guy. Retcon <laughs> yeah. it. Right. I'm not going to hold that against no, you. At all. <laughs> no, totally. Okay. With that. Totally. Okay. With that. Totally fine. Yeah. So it's okay. Not, not much to really glean beyond that. Uh, we do know Sigourney Weaver, of course, you know, she's going to be yeah. uh, the baddie Electra makes a bigger appearance. So those would be the scenes that slow down heavily. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not they did we'll not see. recast her, which we kind of no, hoped they would. Which is fine to be honest. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I'm with you though. Like the Daredevil season two, the end oh, of that. Man, I did not enjoy a lot of the Electra scenes. That's when it we just crawled, that man. Ago. Yeah, that's when it just crawled. And but hopefully we see a John Bernthal Punisher cameo, yeah. man. You know, to to bridge yeah. into the Punisher season one, which is going to be hot on the heels when Defenders ends, right? And so I am super, yeah. super excited over the Punisher. You and I have yeah. gushed over John Bernthal. He is oh, he yeah. is one Ryan, he is very quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. Quick sir, quick side note. Have you seen the movie yeah. Fury? No, I haven't seen the movie Fury. You you need you need to stop and see Fury. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for tonight. Right? I've got to go watch a movie. And Hacksaw Ridge, for the love of God, Ryan, would you watch Hacksaw Ridge? <laughs> Fury is so many of these war movies that I'm just like yeah. have a week of depression. Like you, well, went, Fury, you went, yeah. okay, Fury you is not through, a knee like, slapper by any means. Okay. <laughs> like you and Rex on Saucy went through like your black metal phase of like listening to black metal for a week, and you after listening to that show, if you guys haven't listened to that, that's fine. But go over there and listen to the black metal episode and hear these dudes just like bouts of depression, mumble, just like we're okay. We made it through the week. Of he's black he's metal. going to a black metal concert this month too, like an oh, all day luck, festival man. with him and Matt Haskell. Just bring bananas. Yeah, to I, yeah. I thanked up. him for not inviting me. I was like, thank you for not inviting me because I would have felt terrible <laughs> telling you to, you know, no, I'm not going to Kick go do rocks. that. I'm all set. Yeah, so, but I feel like that's what I'm going to be like through. Oh no, like, but ha- Hacksaw like, Ridge is a very, f- it, you know, it's, it, well, it's a traditional Mel Gibson. It's going to be violent. It's going to be a little bit buddy, bloody. Yeah, but it's got it. But Fury, Hacksaw, Fury yeah. might as well go see Dunkirk while I'm at it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but Fury, Fury is such a great movie, and John Bernthal yeah. is in that, and he is so good. 
obviously his his turn is Shane in The Walking Dead is you know legendary legendary oh, yeah. is, is Shane Just so awesome. yeah um, really looking forward to that so yeah you know that that's the Defenders uh, trailer number two obviously we're gonna well, watch to say, it we, we're gonna yeah. see it I, I feel much more encouraged Ryan after trailer two than I did after trailer one I I really do yeah it it kind of wet I the appetite a little bit that it seems like uh it does i'm with you there with john barenthal just to gush a little bit more you know because we can't get enough oh he's great um, and he's so good he's got a new movie uh that just hit trailers right now called shot collar oh and the dude yeah can't make it out of a prison by the way he's still like he like it's filmed and mostly inside of a prison environment and he doesn't say a word in the entire movie Funny enough, his name is Frank in that movie as well. Um, so good. I know. But he's in a prison, of course. But uh, I, I saw the trailer today and was kind of blown away. But, of course, John Barenthal doesn't say a word. He doesn't have the to. Entire trailer. He's John Barenthal. Every time they cut to him, it's just you can tell this dude is the leader of something that you don't want to get involved with. <laughs> like, yeah, I believe you it. You want to stay very far away but anyway and in uh, real life too ryan he's the leader of something you don't want to get involved in i mean just (laughs) reference back to his his court scene in daredevil season two where he's just simmering and steaming and finally he just yells out i am guilty they deserved it and he just goes on this oh yeah terror and you're just like this man is frank castle this man yeah. is Frank Castle. Yep. And when he finally he does it right. And when he finally <laughs> spray paints that body armor with the skull and you're like, oh, oh man, it's Every so time. good. Yeah. Okay. Enough gushing over John right. Barenthal. Okay. So for time's sake, guys, <laughs> we're just going to kind of blow through some of these other ones. We had the Stranger Things season two trailer. I know I was so late to the game with season one. I really dismissed that one. You, you put me in check on that and you said, quit screwing around watch stranger I things i asked you to give it a chance i said john just give it a chance and give it a quick view and i can't i still yeah. remember that text coming through <laughs> of just dude they got the 80s right oh like, yeah i'm just, from, <laughs> born in 73 my significant years were in the 80s i was seven when 1980 hit i know all of those references i know what the board games look like the what the fashion look like and we're in season two trailer and they're at a video game arcade i'm like i remember playing dragon's lair in the arcade and just losing every quarter to that god forsaken game called dragon's lair um yeah man uh you know and i kind of super that, happy you, you oh have, yeah you had man. a good time like i said I really dude, am born in 73 but live the 80s baby and so you know the, the, the season one the season one there there were times where you know i kind of dismissed it from the outgoing it's like yeah you know what i've already seen back to the future and i've already seen et and i've already sure. seen you know ghostbusters i don't need to watch this sure. show and it's little homage to the 80s boy i couldn't have been more <laughs> wrong and while there are homages to the 80s right obviously yeah. et comes into to play like almost right away 
And I openly joked with you in the season finale when the 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 fed, well, not the feds, but the evil scientist government types are, yeah, are chasing yeah, on their right. bikes. I said, man, if they, I said, if if eleven has them fly over them, I'm turning this off because I mean, all right, now we've gone too far. <laughs> okay. We've literally this, almost jumped the shark, at right? This, like, where's the shark? If, if eleven reaches out in. and and heals a cut <laughs> fingertip, I'm out. Okay, because um, been there, done that. Oh, and elements of poltergeist as well too, obviously. But yeah, yeah that that show. Wow, we wow. Uh, th- I still don't understand how Winona Ryder did not get some sort of gold statue somewhere. Why? I mean, yeah. I know she's kind of kooky and crazy, but that's what makes her so compelling. That's Winona to, Ryder, that's, dude. That's like, been Winona, <laughs> and that's how she was in the eighties, by the way, and that's what she's like now. Um, yeah. She was so great in that, and uh, David Harbor was so fantastic. Those kids were great. Every dude, you can't gush over that show enough. It, it was so yeah. great, and yeah, that season two trailer, and they hit that voiceover of Vincent Price from Thriller, and you're just like, number one, how how big was that check that Netflix wrote to get that song? <laughs> um, right, right. That that cost a couple bucks to get Thriller from the Michael Jackson estate, um, and then holy cow, man, it, you talk about like the scale of monster that's inside of it. Like, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, th- th- dude, this trailer, this Ryan, was, this trailer was on yeah. par with a theatrical release. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, th- you know, you, you wouldn't know it by watching it that the, even though it's Netflix in, in Netflix definitely has a lot more creative freedom than say, you know, CBS does. <laughs> that's an understatement uh don't don't you dog on my ncis yes. oh god <laughs> bless it my wife loves that that trash oh oh i hate it anytime that some hacker scene oh. is still one of the best when he's like move over and they're both on one keyboard <laughs> typing with two hands so stupid <laughs> like like that's accomplishing move over oh man it's like <laughs> anyway. both of us using an ipad uh <laughs> <laughs> we're just randomly tapping and like why aren't we being productive here <laughs> stop closing this app <laughs> i need to launch skype but i'm trying to facetime so <laughs> so anyway so um, we'll beat the hackers ugh. Any yeah, so anytime Joanna watches that and like one of the main characters gets in peril, I'm like, I was like, girl, they're not killing anybody on this show. Come on now. So uh, yeah, I mean, this the scope oh, so in the good. in the grandeur of that Stranger Things two trailer. I I, I got to tell you, man, you know, th- there's very few TV shows that I really get amped for. Uh, yeah, Game of Thrones is one. Yeah, I'm a Game of Thrones Kool Aid drinker. Season cool current season. So good. It's so good. Walking nice. Dead, of course. Uh, Stranger Things, man, that is right up there. That that trailer was, dude, that was a spine tingler. You know, you get the little chilies down the spine, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool, man. I love, that, I love Netflix waiting hitting to see 11 until the end of the trailer. I thought that was yeah. a really cool, like, keep her in the background just for a minute. And it kept me in suspense because I'm like, man, how are they going to bring, you know, uh, you know, we know 11's not going away. Like, we know she's going to be. Oh, of course. I mean, dude, she's yeah. she's the, the, the central point of, of the show, yeah. right? We know she's living in the upside down. Like, it's it, it made sense. We, we knew she wasn't destroyed. Uh, 
uh, well, no, because that. we saw in the season finale that, um, that you know David Harbor Sheriff you know was putting out Lego waffles for her right out out yeah, the woods exactly so, you know, yeah he, near that near that box near that area. Yeah. So we know she's in the upside down. We you know we did get I that. say Lego waffles? I meant to say Eggo waffles. <laughs> I think you did say Lego waffles. <laughs> those are hard on the gums. They're real. Man. No, they yeah, those real are real Eggo waffles. Yeah, those are brutal. They weren't Lego waffles. Are brutal on the teeth, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> you gotta you gotta <sighs> chew them twice, man. <laughs> yeah. You know. But but yeah, man, I think uh, the scale of that monster when he's out, when he walks outside of Dragon's Lair and there's just this tentacle monster. I love that, man. Like that was uh, Will. I'm excited to see that actor, you know, kind of do his thing because we didn't really get to see Will, uh, honestly, in the first. No, we we, we got to hear him, you know, we got got to hear him kind of shouting out from the upside down, you know, yelling to his mom. Maybe have like five percent of the of the you know of the screen time that everybody else had but i think you know we'll finally get to see more of that guy um kind of shine his you know shine in in season two well and you've got this small group of people who you know know of the upside down which is very you know reminiscent of the video game silent hill if you guys have ever played the game silent hill right a lot a lot of elements of that that sort of storytelling have come into Stranger yeah. Things because let's face it, guys. I mean, the people who are writing Stranger Things are nerds, right? I mean, they're just pulling <laughs> oh, yeah. in from like every genre possible and just whipping up a delicious soup. But they're good at it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. They're you know they're really good, yeah. So you've got this small collection of people who are aware of the upside down, and they really can't tell anybody about it because everyone's going to think they're nuts if they do, right? And so. Yeah. This continuing battle with the Upside Down. Man, I am super excited. What a great time to bring this out to. October, one of the best months of the year because I love Halloween. Great time to bring that out. So super excited for that. Um, Other big trailer, uh, we had The Walking Dead. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of wane on The Walking Dead. Man, I don't get it. This last season, did you finally finish the last season? Did you finish it? Of course not. I still haven't Oh, for the love of Pete. You know we do a a pop culture themed show, right? Right. (laughs) What do we do? Wait, hang on. What is this? Show? Yeah. Um, what are we doing? Man, here? I get, you know, uh, I've you been know, so out of sorts for like the last yeah, three you, months. You have, you, like, you've had a lot on your plate <laughs> lately. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, we're, you know, the, the we're, we're building to, and, and well, I mean, I'm going to spoil a little bit for you, man, because you haven't seen it. We're building to the big okay. battle with Negan and, and his yeah, crew. Yeah. And what, and I don't know if you saw the trailer and we're not gonna spend a lot of time on again. Again, this isn't a TV show, uh, show, but these are important because these are part of our genre. Stranger things has been influenced by comics and video games and everything. The walking dead existed as a comic book long before it ever existed as a show that with the end of that trailer, we see a Rick who's a little bit older. There's a cane, uh, which is a which is a flashback and a harken to the book because the book does a jump in time pretty significantly about, of about four or five oh, wow. years. Okay. So yeah, we we right. potentially could be seeing that with The Walking Dead because uh, in the comics, uh, spoiler, sorry guys, these books have been out long enough. Uh, Negan is defeated in the books. I don't know if he's going to be defeated in the show. We don't know because the 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 show is essentially a what if of the books. Like, what if these characters zigged instead of zagged here? Right. Yeah. So that's why the the show, thankfully, doesn't follow the book to a T. Because if it did, it probably wouldn't be as good as it is. But we know in the right. comics, Negan is defeated and he's taken prisoner. And eventually, he becomes sort of an ally 
of Rick Grimes and others because, you know, you got to find allies where you can find them, right? So don't really know if that's the way the show is going to take it. But after Negan's defeat and imprisonment, the book takes about a four to five year jump forward in time to a little bit of an older Rick and older Carl, uh, similar to what Battlestar Galactica did, one of the best TV shows of all time, when they did a little bit of a future jump where they jumped ahead about two or three years. So be interesting to see if mm-hmm. they do that with Walking Dead. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I think it's going to be really great. I, I'm starting to wonder, though, Ryan, uh, Robert Kirkman has said recently that he is starting to see an end to the Walking Dead book. Where previously in years past, he said, there's no end to this book. It could go on forever. Well, nothing goes on forever. Stories need to have an end. Stories need to have an end. And we're into the 160s, you know, um, numbering now of, of The Walking Dead. And so I'm starting to wonder if we are potentially, possibly maybe getting into the final seasons of the show, The Walking Dead. And I would Could be okay be. and I would be okay with that. Uh as much yeah. as I loved Battlestar Galactica, for that show to go five seasons was perfect. Perfect. I think of Breaking Bad in that same scenario. Absolutely, right? Yeah. I mean, they could have just kept going. That was so well told. And yeah, they totally could have kept going. And they kind of are in vain with, with, with Better Call uh, Saul. Better Call yeah. Saul. Mm. But and I tell you that I cannot binge enough of whenever it <laughs> oh, comes Bob out. Oh, Bob Odenkirk is so great, though, man. I mean, how can you not that, binge watch that guy? He's so good. Oh, my gosh. The themes, the the way they do it. And it fits beautifully. Different. It fits beautifully it, with Breaking oh, Bad. They're not killing it. It pockets right in. There, there's no continuity killing there, man. There's just It's just oh, not it's, happening. So um, Better Call Saul is just... I'm not. It's hard to say just as good as Breaking Bad, but if you loved Breaking Bad, then it fits right in the pocket of why you loved Breaking Bad. I agree 100%. So, you know, very cool trailer for The Walking Dead. Really focuses a lot of action. Looks like this season is going to be delivering on a lot of violence and a lot of action. You know, Ryan, uh, we we talked about, you know, the previous season where, you know, Negan hits a couple of home runs off of, you know, um, Glenn's head and, and, and people were like upset at the violence. You're like, okay, you realize you're watching a zombie show, right? I mean, um, yeah, not sure what you've been watching the last five years, but this show is pretty gory, pretty nasty at times. So yeah, uh, it doesn't look like I tell you when they, yeah, well, when they, that was, I mean, honestly, like I'm not gonna say it's a first for anything, but to watch someone who wasn't a zombie get, just gnarly his head caved in right and an eyeball like, popping out right yeah it was and he's pretty much yeah, exactly like he how it went down in the gnarly. book i mean almost yeah, exactly it how it went down in the book yeah it was it was really great but i tell you that that whole thing um i tell you with people you know seeing that for the first time especially being glenn who's a really was beloved um you know as that as kind of like a solid dude a solid character uh it was it was shocking, but I tell you, it was shocking, but not surprising. Well, and that, that's <laughs> what that makes, makes com- that's what makes compelling shows, and and that's a reason oh, why yeah. Ryan that you know when you when you go outside of the established networks, right? ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, they can take these incredible risks and incredible gambles, and that's a reason why shows like Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, um, the list goes on and on. Because you're not restrained by having to stick to the same old, same old. And you say, oh, yeah, you know what? It's very true. If you watch Game of Thrones, don't get too attached to people because you just don't know. Because that's, that's the nature of great 
storytelling, <laughs> right? And in yeah. every death that has happened in The Walking Dead of a main character has served to push something forward. They've never just been needless deaths. Oh, well, let's just kill person X because we can kill person X and it'll be shocking and right. people will go like, just oh my because. gosh, oh my gosh, oh, I love this show. It's always been something to push it forward. Same thing with Game of Thrones, right. same thing with Breaking Bad. So whenever someone, you know, bit it, it was purposeful, intended to drive something forward. And, th- and that's the reason why Glenn died. It wasn't just for shock value because he died in the book long before it ever happened on screen. And for those of us who read The Walking Dead on a consistent basis, we knew it was coming. It was on yeah. the horizon. It was coming, right? So, And if it didn't happen, and that's the other side of that, and not, we've talked about this, but if it didn't happen with Glenn at that moment, it would just be, it was just like the clock's ticking at that it, point. It would have been character. a cop out because there were so many and near, how do you, how many more near deaths yeah. does Glenn have before the audience? And how do you kill that yeah, guy? Yeah. Right. This guy's a cat. <laughs> He's got like nine lives, you know? At that point, like, how do you kill him at that point? Because every, He's Kryptonian, every other you can't. death, <laughs> yeah, every other death that you could kind of put Glenn through would not be honoring. It would not be as shocking. It would not be as moving as it was yeah. when Negan took him out. And I think that's what we felt with Abraham. Yes. Abraham was dead. Flash um, of the peace sign in, right before he takes the hit to the head, you know? Right. Like, you know, when Abraham died, like his clock was ticking though, because we saw the episode where he should have died mm-hmm. um, on the railroad tracks where, um, gosh, I can't remember her name, but uh, her and man, I'm losing names. No, you're fine. You're um, right. When in the railroad track scene where that she took the, the, she took the, the nurse, cross, she took the bolt to the to the eyeball, which she, in the book was actually Abraham. Bolt. That that's how Abraham, Abraham died in the book. Yeah, yeah, that was Abraham that died in the book at that moment, not her. So we kind of felt like okay, Abraham's clock is a little ticking at this point. He's already dead in the comic. He's in and that scene has been played out in the show, and we're not seeing Abraham die. So where are we going to wrap this up? Yeah, because. Like that's, and, uh, that's and Abraham's so death. Dying is, at the hands of yeah. Well, I mean, and to your point, I mean, Abraham's death is what's pushing. Well, you haven't seen the season finale, so I don't want to spoil too much. But it it pushed two other characters forward. It's like his death yeah, pushed yeah, them yeah. forward to become better. So I'm super excited over the Walking Dead. Though I will say that uh, as we look towards the horizon with this show. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping that we're seeing an end game soon. Th- this is not a series that I want to see go. 10 seasons, 15 seasons. I, I just don't. I, it, it, there, there will come a time where you're just like, okay, all right. Wowie wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, how much, yeah. how much longer can we go? Uh, all right. So, yeah. Ryan, we're, we're kind of getting close to where we wanted to cut off for this week. I did want to add one thing um, because this happened after our previous show, and it, it's fitting that we're talking about The Walking Dead. Uh, we lost George Romero. Uh, last week. Yeah. For those of you who may not know who George Romero is, I will forgive you because it's not a very common household name. That being said, if you're familiar with three iconic horror movies that if they did not exist, you probably wouldn't have had The Walking Dead. Okay. Night of the Living Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead. I like Zack Snyder's remake. Doesn't hold a candle to the original Dawn of the Dead by any stretch of the imagination and the original Day of the Dead. They're called the Living Dead Trilogy. George Romero is known as the 
godfather, the grandfather of the modern day zombie. The slow moving, shambling, massive hordes of zombies. Up and cannibal like cannibal like up until tendencies. the 60s when he created Night of the Living Dead, zombies were usually the product of voodoo magic, things like yeah. that kind of schlocky cheap. Well, not to say that zombies themselves aren't schlocky because they are. But it was like zombie voodoo magic. They weren't cannibalistic in nature. He was the one who came up with the idea. Is like, you know what? They come back from the dead. We're not going to give any explanation for the reason why, which I love, right? You didn't have to explain oh, yeah, why. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And when they come back, they just have this thirst for human flesh and yeah. nobody can figure out why. There's really just no yeah. answer. Ryan, when, when we talk about horror movies, uh, and, and I'm not a huge horror movie aficionado. I like a good horror movie, but man, you talk about a genre that is filled with rubbish. It is the horror genre, right? It is tough to find a really solid Tough horror to find movie. a I've gem. Found a few, oh, there's some good ones, I really right? Like oh, yeah, genre. man. Yeah. You know, the first. I'm into the horror genre. The first Saw, amazing. You can still oh, watch yeah. that to this day and just go, did not see that coming the first time, right? Like, whoa. Yeah. After that, an, yeah. just another great story killed with endless sequels of stupidity right and just gore fest man just like, turning it was just gore porn, fest after torture that. porn is what it became right yeah uh dawn of the dead the original the original dawn of the dead in my opinion ryan stands as one of the greatest <clears throat> if not the greatest horror movie of all time and this is oh, where yeah. i agree completely yeah and um i encourage you guys it, it's not it, it can be a little bit of a tough one to find it's not available digitally so if you jump on itunes or Google Play, Amazon Prime. It's not available for sale. Uh, it is going to have a Blu-ray re-release that is coming out in October. But I want to encourage you guys, jump on Amazon. I'm going to give Amazon a pimp here. Jump on Amazon and put in Dawn of the Dead. It is a four-disc collection boxed set. It contains yeah. three versions of the film, the theatrical cut, the European cut, and then the official George Romero director's cut of the movie plus director's commentary on all three cuts of the film. All three have separate commentary. It's amazing. It's an incredible yeah. box set. It runs you about 45 bucks. Get it. It is amazing. Yep. Yep. You have seen the original Dawn of the Dead. That's where the whole concept of, you know, you're in a mall. Just And this is where Robert Kirkman, who has been very clear, Hey, man, I got my inspiration from this from watching George Romero, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and yeah. Day of the Dead, that the genuine horror of Dawn of the Dead is not the zombies themselves. It's what humans inevitably do to each other when society collapses. And that, that's mm -hmm. really the crux of The Walking Dead as well, too. Yeah, the zombies are a continuous, perpetual threat that you just can't ignore. Right. But it's just the base vileness that humans can treat each other with when there is apparently no yeah. consequences for actions, right? right? And in this movie, George Romero did such a great job of building up characters that you care for and when they go down you're like oh my gosh you feel it and you're like this kind of yeah. sucks right 
And um, I, I was very saddened at his passing. I love sure. a good zombie movie, yeah. and there are a lot of just crummy, crummy, crummy zombie movies, unfortunately. He was not a big fan of The Walking Dead, and I don't understand why. Uh, he just never really seemed to kind of buy into what he called the Hollywood version of zombies. I wish he could have yeah. seen that Robert Kirkman's vision was inspired by what George Romero did. I, I wish he could have come to that realization, but he didn't. But I was very sad when I, when I saw that. I texted him, I'm like, dude, George Romero died. And I was like, dude, this sucks. Yeah. I texted my buddy Dwayne. Him and I are huge George Romero fans. Uh, I want to encourage you guys, pick up Donna. If you don't, they're not in really sequels to each other. They don't really like intertwine. It's just called the zombie, no. the, Night, the Living Dead trilogy. Dawn of the yeah. Dead, pick it up. Blu-ray release is coming out in October. I plan on picking that up um, if, if yeah. it includes those other versions of the film. But um, I just wanted to, to say a rest in peace to George Romero, man. I mean, he was definitely a visionary. It wasn't always recognized for his work, but those who live in pop culture, comic books and sci-fi, we know who George Romero is, dude. And, and Absolutely. his stuff was very influential. Yeah. I think uh, George Romero understood, and, and, not, and, and not a lot of people understand i think it's it's an understanding of what you mentioned it's the humanity part of that how people interact in times in in the scene that they're in and i think when you think about really great movies that have kind of bad sequels they don't understand why the original was so good i mean jurassic park i think is a really good example of not understanding why Jurassic Park was so good. Jurassic Park wasn't fantastic because of dinosaurs. And I think a lot of people, that was forgotten um, along the way, that dinosaurs became the star of the show. Jurassic Park was great because you had this the people and how they reacted with each other when confronted with an extraordinary situation and how they banded together and how they worked together. Um, it was about those experiences. It, it, it was just the theme was dinosaurs. Um, and in uh, night of the living dead, the original um, night of the living dead, dawn of the dead, especially dawn of the dead. You see, that's what you see. We're seeing an extraordinary situation placed on people and we, un we follow their story through and through. And that's the stuff I get a little nervous about when we talk, you know, I know we're kind of past it, but we talk about Stranger Things season two, and I'm hoping that it, the understanding of why Stranger Things was so good was watching one, these kids work through trying to find their friend and the upside down, the superpowers of 11, like those were not, those were added to the extraordinary situation in which they had to work through. They weren't the star though. Yeah. And it, that's one thing that he he really understood um, going those doing those three movies, and we see a lot of this vision. Especially that's why a lot of people say well the first movie was good, but I don't understand why the second movie wasn't so good. And it's because well we forgot the vision of why we liked the first one. It's because we're seeing people getting put into extraordinary situations and how they work it out. We're forgetting that, and I and and I, and that's just kind of my little I guess another rant, but why we're seeing why we have so much respect for George Romero and his storytelling ability. Yeah. Why we have so much respect for, you, you know, the first Jurassic park, um, a lot of the first movies because it's people and that's what we want to watch. We want to watch people's 
story being told in an extraordinary scenario. Well, and he took a huge risk too with Night of the Living Dead by casting a black actor as the lead in 1966. Yeah, right? I mean, that, that, that was, <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, I mean, race relations weren't at their peak. In 1966, right? Oh, of course you know, not. So, yeah. You, you still had Mississippi doing, you know. <laughs> yeah, you still had said, you know, there were still part, you know, significant <laughs> parts of segregation was in full effect. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we at, uh, you know, reasonable fanboys here want to say rest in peace, George Romero. Yeah, uh, again, pick it up, guys. Dawn of the Dead. It is worth every dollar to spend on that DVD collection. Uh, it's yeah. a, it's one that I am proud to have in my collection it the box art is amazing i mean you talk about getting like the whole package i mean it is just it even includes a little comic book on the inside it's really cool tough to find now amazon doesn't really have a lot of them um, because the anchor bay which owns the distribution rights to dawn of the dead i mean dvd is kind of on its way out it's getting re- you know blu-ray is the way to go now now 4k so um I would say pick that up because I don't know if the Blu-ray edition that comes out this October is going to have all those Mondo extras to it. That's yeah. why I say pick it up now. Uh, so anyway, sure. yeah, but that just I didn't want that to pass without you know yeah. saying George Romero and his impact. Just man, I mean, on all aspects of pop culture is just yeah. unreal. Uh, when yeah. when you have like shows like The Simpsons making Dawn of the Dead references. You yeah. know you've reached pop culture iconic status, man. I mean, you just right. do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's part. It's ingrained in America, especially U.S. and American culture of of push through that way. And I think it's just. I mean, of course, it's been international uh, for a long time, but it's it's one of those things that's just ingrained in our pop culture internationally. I shouldn't say U.S., but it's internationally ingrained. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, man. So there's still a ton of stuff to unpack yeah. from S- uh, San Diego Comic-Con. John and I uh, will be looking into still the, the, the details, the gory details that happened over the four days um, of the of, of San Diego Comic-Con 2017. Um, so I know that next time we get together, we're going to probably ha- rehash a little bit of some stuff and, and dig into that and bring out some more. I know that uh, we're going to start talking about uh metal um the batman uh comic book that's actually i mean it's it's scott snyder two big names scott snyder and jim lee um if that doesn't get you amped i don't know what will at that point like i don't know what else then you're not breathing (laughs) yeah so the casting uh came out what a few days ago Uh, last week Um, dark days the casting last week Mm -hmm. Dark Days of Casting, and then The Forge was before that. So you still have time to catch up before we really start diving into that. If you, um, if you get it in print, you can get a little shiny foil-embossed cover as well, too. You get a little gimmick oh, yeah. cover, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Super super rare. That's going to be worth $500 on Oh, yeah. Oh, already. <laughs> already, man. Oh, just already. Oh, yeah. dude. It's so valuable right now. <laughs> so um, we're going to be diving into that next time we get together uh, and, and going through that. I finished uh, the casting today. It was good. Um, it was good. And oh my gosh, oh. Like, this story is going to be a lot of meat. Deep. A lot of meat. Oh man, it's it's super deep and it hits on all the flavor points. Like it just, mm, yeah. it's ready to go. We don't want to so spoil it right now. We'll talk more about it on the next show. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring back with our next show. So as we go through this week, uh, man, it's just some digging up of that and, and digging into more comics and um, doing what we do, doing what we love, man. Like this is this is our show. This is what we love to do. So we're happy that you're listening. Really, absolutely. Anything else? All right, Ryan, let's call it for these folks. I am John Lemmings. 
Man, and I am Ryan O'Farrell. This has been Reasonable Fanboys. Hope you have a great one.